Raw is war. What's going on with that company? Do you know what I'm talking about? WWE, TKO, rude nude dude, gender appropriation, put some Robitussin on it. Welcome to Sigma Tiger News. You're here with the Sigma Tiger. Getting that hot, juicy beef all up in your grill. The hottest news show online. This thing is on fire. It is literally roasting all the other news shows. They are trash in comparison. I'm surprised there's not raccoons all around them. Let's go ahead. Let's check out what's going on. Ra is War. If you don't know, it was a television program that used to come on Monday night. Ra with the WWF. Formerly, uh, now the WWE, and owned by Endeavor, I believe, uh, ticker TKO. <clears throat> well, the owner, Vince McMahon, polarizing individual, ruthless in business. Former WWE employee accuses Vince McMahon of abuse, sexual assault, and trafficking in a new lawsuit. Janelle Grant, a former employee of WWE, filed the suit Thursday in federal district court in Connecticut. Here's an image of the young lady. Image of the WWE headquarters, it looks like. Former World Wrestling Entertainment employee filed a lawsuit Thursday against the company, its founder Vince McMahon, and former WWE executive accusing the man of sex trafficking and abuse. Janelle Grant, former employee of WWE, said in the lawsuit that she was the victim of physical and emotional abuse sexual assault and trafficking at WWE. The suit was filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Connecticut. Today's complaint seeks to hold accountable two WWE executives who sexually assaulted and trafficked plaintiff Janelle Grant, as well as the organization that facilitated or turned a blind eye to the abuse and then swept it under the rug. Ann Callis, an attorney for Grant, said in a statement to NBC News, She is an incredibly private and courageous person who has suffered deeply at the hands of Mr. McMahon and Mr. Laurinaitis. There you go. The other individual lay, uh, has been named. So, Grant... Um, yeah, there it is. Her lawyer is saying the normal things, of course. Uh, well, a spokesperson for McMahon has come out and said uh, the lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene, made-up instances that never occurred, and a vindictive distortion of the truth. He will vigorously defend himself. Absolutely. So the response is absolutely in line with any defendant. In a statement, a spokesperson for the WWE's parent company, TKO Group Holdings, said Mr. McMahon does not control TKO nor does he oversee the day-to-day -day operation. So there you go, just uh, you know, soap up those hands and run them under warm water, make sure you have nothing to do with it. But it's true though, McMahon sold the company, right? He's on the board, potentially. John Laurinaitis, the other former executive named in the lawsuit, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Includes accusations of sex trafficking, civil battery, intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress and negligence, really piling it on there. According to the lawsuit, Grant met McMahon in March 2019 while he was the company's chief executive and he dangled a career-making and life-changing promises while engaging in increasingly inappropriate behavior toward her. McMahon allegedly pushed Grant for a physical relationship in exchange for promised employment at WWE, the lawsuit said, adding that she felt trapped in an impossible situation 
where she could either submit to his sexual demands or face ruin. Um, financial ruin or uh, imp- resume ruin. Like, you wouldn't be able to use them. I'm not sure um, that logic there. So you accepted a job and he was overtly sexual. Did you file a complaint with human resources is the question. Did you follow the appropriate protocol? Not to uh, discount what you're you're claiming there or potentially uh, what Mr. McMahon allegedly did. Mrs. Grant feared she had everything to lose and faced negative consequences no matter what happened. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> Despite Mrs. Grant's expressions of unhappiness and attempts to end the sexual relationship, so there was obviously a relationship happening, and while she came to understand that McMahon expected the phys- physical relationship to continue as part of her employment, Okay, was that overtly stated, I wonder? She had no idea how sordid it would become, nor how the psychological torture and physical violence would leave her feeling helpless, isolated, and trapped. The lawsuit alleges that in 2020, McMahon began sharing sexually explicit photographs and videos of Grant with unnamed men inside and outside the wrestling company. Uh, One was named, I did see on Twitter, uh, alleges uh, some of these were actually uh, sent... And uh, one was actually exclusively stylized for the individual, uh, Brock Lesnar. Because McMahon was CEO of WWE at the time and Grant had entry-level position in the company, coercion was inherent in his increasingly depraved sexual demands. He allegedly recruited others to have sexual relations with Grant, including uh, with Laurinaitis. Grant was expected to engage in sexual activity at the WWE headquarters, sometimes during working hours, the suit alleged. Well, there you have it. We'll keep you posted on uh, further development of that case. Robitussin. Put some Robitussin on it. Uh, remember Chris Rock, famous comedian. Uh, you may known as being the one who uh, received a open hand sli- uh, <laughs> strike from Will Smith, the Fresh Prince. Get fresh, Chris Rock. Anyway, Robitussin. Put that on anything, as Chris Rock's mother would say. Put some Robitussin on it. Well, the cough syrup is recalled, so you may not want to put it on anything. Uh, microbial contamination. So what's going on? If you're unaware, uh, there's contamination all over the gaff, all over the country. There's a listeria. There's a, there's contamination of lettuces, cantaloupes. And now we got our medicine, our cough syrup, our honey cough syrup, sold nationwide, recalled for uh, microbial contamination. Announced Thursday, the consumer health care company Halion is voluntarily recalling Eight lots of Robitussin Honey CF Max Day Adult, Robitussin Honey CF Max Nighttime Adult, with expiration dates through 2025-2026. Immunocompromised people who use the products could experience severe or life-threatening adverse events, such as uh, fungemia, fungus in the blood, or a fungal infection, according to Halion. In healthy individuals, life-threatening infections are not likely to occur. So if you're immunocompromised, you better check your medicine cabinet for some of this honey CF Max Day and Honey CF Max Nighttime for adults, the Robitussin. And uh, get rid of it because it is uh, full of fungus. However, the occurrence of an infection may necessitate medical intervention, cannot be completely ruled out. Yeah, so uh, even if you're healthy, go ahead and uh, turf it. Get rid of it. Robitussin. Crook County Mailbox Nudist prompts lawmaker to draft genitals intimidation bill. There you go. A rude nude dude. So what was he doing? What happened? Representative Chip Neiman has drafted legislation that would make it illegal to intimidate others with their genitals. <clears throat> so uh, let's dive in on this one. The bill is 
in response to a nudist who, when asked to put on clothes at a public mailbox center, responded by bending over and spreading his buttocks, uh, revealing the brown eye. Sometimes it's not obvious a law is needed until a situation presents itself, outlining a glaring hole. And therein lies the, the uh, wonderful play on words and pun, whatever you want to say, great, who is the author of this. Uh, Leo Wolfson, well done. That's exactly what happened in rural Crook County, where a nudist refuses to wear clothing in public when picking up his mail at a rural mailbox center. On one occasion, when asked to put on clothes, the man responded by bending over and spreading his buttocks, says House Majority Floor Leader Chip Neiman. It was full-on intimidation. He's using his nudity to intimidate his neighbors. Neiman said the man also has a spouse who practices nudity, a lifestyle he said he has no problem with as long as it happens on a private property. Absolutely. And that's the number one thing. You can behave however you like behind closed doors, and, and that's fine. And if someone has a problem with that, then that person has a problem, period. If people are doing things in their house and they're not hurting anybody, then, yeah, that's great. You should go ahead and continue enjoying your life. Now, uh, going out in public... You know, we live in a society, a civilized society, meaning that uh, there's rules and laws that we must follow to uh, sustain that level of civility. Well, guess what? Uh, public nudity is frowned upon, and in some places I would assume uh, there is laws about public indecency. Although Wyoming law addresses public indecency, it only extends to the exposure of people's private parts with an intent of arousing sexual desire for themselves or another person. There's nothing in the books about if that exposure is for the purpose of intimidation or harassment. Well, therein lies the problem. The, uh, the uh, law is absolutely too narrow. Oftentimes you see laws that are too broad. Well, this one is absolutely too narrow. Uh, showing your genitals uh, for... Uh, Pleasure, absolutely uh, illegal. Showing your genitals for intimidation, totally okay. But here, uh, considered equally gross and foul. Come on, people, let's act like grown-ups, can we, he said. House Bill 55 would make an act like that in Crook County, nudist uh, prosecutable offense, and it can be proven exposure was an intent to intimidate or harass. Absolutely, yeah, go ahead. Let's go ahead and move forward with that. All right, here we have it. Grizzly details in a murder of Detroit Synagogue President Samantha Wool found butchered to death emerges judge adds premeditation to the murder so we have a murder one charge here it looks like suspect accused of stabbing a popular detroit synagogue president to death last fall will stand trial a judge ruled on tuesday as grisly new details emerged about the violent killing michael jackson bolanos 28 will face a slew of charges including felony murder during the perpetration or attempted perpetration of larceny or first degree home invasion related to the october 21st death of samantha wool after a two-day hearing, Judge Kenneth King of Detroit's 36th District Court found that there was enough evidence to hold Jackson Bolanos accountable of the charges. The judge also added a first-degree premeditated murder count. Interesting for uh, something that was in the uh, process of larceny. Wool, 40, was stabbed eight times inside her Lafayette Park home after returning from a wedding on the night of October 20th. Very, very unfortunate. We pray for your soul. A motion detector in the residence triggered in the rabbi's living room around 4.20 a.m., suggesting the attack occurred around that time, prosecutors said during the suspect's initial examination last week. 
After she was stabbed, she's believed to have stumbled out of her apartment and eventually crumpled on the front lawn. I wasn't even sure it was a body at first as I approached to see if the person was in need of assistance. Then I realized that the person was in a very bad situation and decided I needed to go for help. Neighbor Kevin Mull told the court last week of the moment he found Mull's body around 6.30 a.m. Uh, she was barefoot in a fetal position and her skin had turned bluish color, he recalled. Absolutely uh, devastating. A few of the officers had tracked Jackson Bolanos after he was seen on video standing in a school parking lot holding a bag. Additional footage showed the suspect walking two miles from his own apartment to the neighborhood where the killing took place. So the, the question is, is, is there a possible that there was any sort of relationship? Why did he choose her apartment? Um, interesting. So uh, here it is. Uh, had my client stabbed her eight times, you'd have a lot more blood on the jacket than two microscopic specks. Interesting. Uh, when the judge asked Brown how the suspect got Will's blood on him, the lawyer suggested maybe it was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Perhaps. Uh, you absolutely would expect uh, for eight stab wounds to have a lot more blood involved. Perhaps he uh, had another piece of clothing. Maybe he reached out and touched it. Certainly. The evidence seems circumstantial at best here. Uh, that'll be for their trier of the fact to determine a trial, yeah. And there we have it. We'll keep you posted on that. Gender appropriation, good. Cultural appropriation, bad. What is it? What is that? So uh, this article is attempting to coin a new term called gender appropriation, and that's uh, when you assume or take on something that isn't naturally yours. Okay, so what does that mean? Cultural appropriation is something out there. People get angry when people wear braids, like dreadlocks, um, or if they'll wear an Indian headpiece. Sorry, a Native American headpiece, if you will. Right? Uh, get very upset, saying you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Or uh, perhaps wearing a kimono from Japan. Frowned upon by many people. Many people who are calling for uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion are uh, frowning upon it, which is interesting, I always find. Anyway, so let's go ahead, let's dive in. In its proclaimed superiority of animals over humans, it was perhaps the most memorable expression from the brilliant and often hilarious satire of communism and fascism. I bet many of our progressive friends loved it too, in their youths, oblivious to how, in present times, it just might in some way be referring to them. I can remember decades back sitting in a crowd of hipsters in an outdoor theater in Los Angeles, Topanga Canyon, as they, the coolest of the then-cool, chortled away at a decent adaptation of Orwell's work. So it was of Animal Farm that I immediately thought of my wife, Cheryl Longin, came up, as she often does, with the right phrase to characterize a particularly malign aspect of our contemporary life. She called the transmania that has overtaken our society gender appropriation in response to the left's endless uh, carping about cultural appropriation. So the term they're uh, referring to is four legs good, two legs bad uh, from George Orwell's Animal Farm. Uh, so basically the animals were capable of communication and had some cognitive ability and their own little community and they knew that two legs were bad because the, the farmer would come and take them and kill them. So they took on the uh, the term four legs good, two legs bad. Great motto. So his wife, this author's wife here, has gone ahead and said gender appropriation. There it is. Just like cultural appropriation, many men are appropriating women, actually becoming them in a new form of left-wing misogyny you would think would alarm feminists. Somehow it doesn't. This sexual migration is supposed to be applauded while cultural appropriation is to be abjured. Uh rejected basically 
according to those who think they know better. Hence my Orwellian title, Gender Appropriation Good, Cultural Appropriation Bad. The cultural appropriation meme, fraternity boys attacked for celebrating Cinco de Mayo, only Italians can make pizza, and more so beloved of progressives has always seemed to me particularly brain dead. Absolutely stupid. Yeah. Virtually everything in culture has been appropriated from something or someone else, starting with the first words uttered by humans. Absolutely. Uh, on a higher level, Shakespeare in history in his history plays appropriated Hollandshed. Thomas Mann appropriated Goethe in Dr. Faustus. Picasso appropriated Velasquez. Miles Davis appropriated Dizzy Gillespie. DJs appropriate other people's music every time they do a mix. It's their job. And uh, they also say like mimicry or uh, um, copying someone is the uh, sincerest form of flattery. We believe Gene Wilder said that. Uh, I could go on and on and bore you to death. Make up your own. I'm sure you can. The whole cultural appropriation song and dance is, on one level, just dumb. However, in reality, it's a strategy for one group to bully another to get what it wants. Sometimes with violent overtones. Absolutely. In other words, like progressivism, cultural appropriation is an absurd fake that Orwell would ridicule, and deservedly so until the four-legged cows come home. Gender appropriation is based on a similar strategy, something we are told by elites to accept as good, but is a great deal more dangerous in its implications. I think we can agree that the trans movement is now everywhere, and not just in the heavily criticized yet pervasive acceptance of transgendered men in women's sports that Donald Trump has promised to do away with if he is re-elected as president. Yet, more importantly, it's in culture from early childhood we see this is the fad for drag queen story hours with the most flagrant transvestites, reading fairy tales to young children, and the sexually explicit material available in school libraries. The left accuses the right of censoring these explicit books, but as everyone knows, even the lefties themselves, if they were honest, the right just seeks to preserve the innocence, at least for a while anyway, of prepubescent six-year-olds. So what's behind all this? Whether conscious or not, the goal of gender appropriation is the breakup of the nuclear family. When everything and everyone are confused about gender, a deliberately misused word in itself, what happens to the family unit? ultimately dissolves. Many of their rank and file may not believe or deny this, but it's been a principle of aim of the left since the French Revolution, read Rousseau. Karl Marx, the Frankfurt School, later enhanced it, and now there's a woke obsession that seeks to throw family values and life into the air like so much worn-out confetti to be stomped on and forgotten. The irony in this is they mean your family and mine, not theirs. And there you go. Go ahead, take it. Gender appropriation. Free healthcare in Canada. Well, guess what? You gotta wait. If you're unaware, uh, in Canada right now, there's a uh, shortage of nurses, shortage of doctors, and now anesthesiologists. So if you do go to the um, hospital and you say, uh, I need help. And they say, okay, go uh, sign in. And you say, okay. And you go get a number and then you wait and you eventually get called and then you sign in and give your information and then you go into another room and wait. And then eventually they will call you upwards of 12 hours later. And then uh, you'll wait in another office for potentially an hour, half hour to an hour. And then a physician will come in and see you or a nurse usually. And then they'll get some information. And then you may see a physician afterwards. They may transfer you to another location. They may send you home. Uh, so what happens if you need surgery and you've been waiting months and months and they go ahead and line you up on the bed. They dress you. The doctor goes ahead and gets ready. And uh, 
you see him looking at his clock and looking at the door and like you know he's not moving forward and you're kind of just wondering what's going on like are they going to put me under and then the doctor says sorry we're going to have to uh cancel this and you're like excuse me i've been waiting six months for this surgery and he says yeah the anesthesiologist uh is uh unavailable so the issue apparently is amplified by retirements and burnout among physicians as you can imagine uh, Kelly Konexi is one of many people who've had their surgeries delayed because of a lack of an anesthesiologist in Alberta. Shocked because I would have never thought that this was a possibility, and I felt like we just had the rug pulled out from under us. So why didn't you think this was a possibility? You obviously haven't been to the hospital. Uh, if you have been uh, prior to the pandemic, you would realize that, like, yeah, it's stretched thin, and then after the pandemic, it is broken, absolutely shattered. Uh, I went to the hospital not too long ago uh, with uh, my daughter, and they said it's going to be a 12-hour wait and potentially you may have to wait overnight and i said okay so uh, i left and i went home and i got online and i contacted one of the doctors you have to pay for like maple or something like that and they were able to sort me out and then i got a call the next day being like hey why did you leave the hospital and i said well i was told i'd have to stay here overnight and they were like, oh, yeah, well, we just called your name. And it was the next day, like 10 a.m. And I was like, yeah, I sorted it out. Thanks very much. And I paid for it. So thanks for everything you've done. And there it is. So um, according to 2019 numbers from the Canadian Medical Association, there are approximately nine physician anesthesia care providers per 100,000 people in Canada. There you go. Not a lot. Uh well below other high-income countries such as Germany, Australia, United States, and United Kingdom. Burnout, of course. Uh, during the pandemic, a lot of surgeries were canceled, of course. So now uh, that the uh, hospitals are open again, uh, surgeries that were on backlog are, you know, piling up. And now they are trying to get as many done as possible. And there's less people to do them and less anesthesiologists to help with the procedure. It's not just a lack of these anesthesiologists. Uh, it's an aging population in Canada facing a variety of health issues that have been arise and a number of surgeries needed. And then you have to prioritize the surgery. So who gets the surgery first? Life-threatening? Like, you know, you probably get a heart transplant before you get a knee surgery. It's difficult to recruit anesthesiologists to rural areas as well, of course, just like any medical doctor. And becoming an anesthesiologist is not easy. They need more assistance as well. So there you go. Canada, uh, healthcare, not the greatest. But guess what? If you live in America and you're in the military, they're trying to uh, help you out big time by covering your IVF for unmarried couples and single troops as well. So if you're trying to have a baby and you're paying $10,000 a shot for that, you go ahead and join the military and they'll take care of that for you. Service members seeking fertility treatments are about to have a lot more options. Thanks to a lawsuit filed last year, Defense Department has decided to lift previous regulations that only covered in vitro fertilization for legally married couples using their own sperm and eggs. Now it's wide open. Revised policy service members in any relationship status can have IVF covered. They can use donor sperm or eggs. So there you go. Uh, you can just go ahead and try as many times as you like with other people's sperm and eggs and see if you can't get pregnant and then go off work and probably have them pay for that as well. And why are they doing this? Well, there was a lawsuit they stated. Service members who delay child rearing and need IVF because basic demands of military life. There you go. They commit to military life. So is there an age? Is there a certain level of uh, uh, commitment you must have had to the employment? Probably not.
Moving right along. Woman charged with rape after filming sex assault of seven-year-old girl showing footage to another child. Absolutely horrible. So this just goes along the lines of what I was speaking about uh, the other day, that the world is dark and evil, and um, it's absolutely disgusting. And if you can't see the light, then you're in the dark. Just like this individual, a deranged Pennsylvania woman allegedly facilitated the sickening rape of a seven-year-old girl and filmed the abuse before showing it to another child. D inexplicable. Ariel Highstand, 33, was hit with a dozen charges, including rape for alleged involvement with the horrid sexual assault carried out by the accused pervert Edward L. Williams, who was arrested last week. Highstead of Ephrata allegedly pressured the seven-year-old victim in the assault perpetrated by the 55-year-old Minam man, capturing it on film. The abuse happened the night of January 14th, and the next morning, uh, Highstand then showed the video of Williams sexually abusing the girl to another child. Absolutely sickening. So this woman is completely demonized. She's attempting to ruin children's lives, which Jesus explicitly says in the Bible, will like, you know, he'll tie a millstone around your neck and throw you into the deep ocean if you harm an innocent child. And that's hardcore. Like, that's insane for Jesus to say. The Prince of Peace, you know. But if you harm a child, he will murder you, apparently. So there you go. Uh, likely this individual uh, looks like a, a hardcore mouth breather just based off the structure of her face and her uh, individual here, Edward Williams, uh, likely uh, going to see a hot afterlife. Professional dancer 25 dead after eating mislabeled cookies from Stu Leonard's grocery store. So heads up, Stu Leonard, with your uh, misappropriate labeling. Um, allergies are very real. Why they exist, we don't know. Perhaps... Uh, it's the food and how they process it. Perhaps it's the pesticides and herbicides. Perhaps it's the uh, farming. We have no idea. Professional dancer in New York City died after she ate an incorrectly labeled holiday cookie containing peanuts from the popular supermarket, Stu Leonard's. And now the store and wholesaler are pointing the fingers at each other. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's not our responsibility, clearly. Like, you know what I mean? We, we don't manufacture the cookies. We just, we just display them in the store. And uh, it's obviously the people who manufacture them. Well, the wholesaler is saying, well, like, you know, like, we label them. Of course we do. Well, but only based off of uh, uh, what we get from the manufacturer. So Orla uh, Baxendale, 25, God rest your soul, went into anaphylactic shock from severe allergic reaction to vanilla Florentine cookie on January 11th. A firm representing the family said, uh, yeah, so unfortunately for her, we do pray for her soul. Uh, here's an image of the Florentine cookies. Contains soy, wheat, and milk. Nothing about peanuts there. Was it a cross-contamination, or did they actually have peanuts in them? Uh, Adamy allegedly... Adamy alleged that the investigation of Baxdale's death revealed gross negligence, reckless conduct of the manufacturer and or sellers for not stating the cookies packaging that the product contained peanuts. The failure uh, to properly disclose has led to this devastating yet preventable outcome. There you go. There's the negligence. If there was peanuts in it or uh, contamination of peanuts, you must label that. So, uh, moving right along, Charlie Kirk here, uh, interesting individual, very uh, controversial, conservative, uh, outspoken. What does he have to say? The unity behind closing the border is that the most promising development we have seen on the right in years, conservative side, is because of three major reasons. Number one, Elon Musk liberating X slash Twitter, formerly known. Thanks to this platform, we have fighting chance to challenge the media and expose what is actually happening on the border. Yeah, 
The opportunity for freedom of speech is great. The political popularity of Trump, Trump becoming this presumptive GOP nominee has helped to elevate the border as a dominant and winning issue. Even McConnell knows this, Mitch McConnell. Uh, Governor Abbott's willingness to reject old Bush-era republicanism, rhino, uh, in a, <laughs> rhinoism. Uh, Abbott leaning into the border despite a disappointing SCOTUS ruling is exciting and promising. So the Supreme Court of the United States came out and said, okay, uh, you must facilitate uh, border patrol into these specific areas and that will allow them to potentially remove uh, your razor wire and put up their own, just moving it. Uh, so what does it all mean? Closing the border and deporting illegals is quickly becoming the most energizing issue of 2024. It is polarizing the uh, humans that live in America, whether they are conservative or liberal, are being inundated by um, illegals. And that's what they are. They're not immigrants. They're illegals. They're crossing the border without any attempt to asylum until they get here, which is required by international law that they seek asylum in one of two countries before they get here. All right, exclusive Tesla's humanoid robot was a fake. Elon Musk doesn't deliver at all, says analysts. So what's going on here? Uh, another article trashing our good friend Elon. Don't hold your breath. Waiting for Tesla Inc.'s much-hyped Optimus humanoid robot as skepticism arises post-earnings report with an analyst questioning its viability and existence. We covered the Optimus 2, uh, the second iteration of Tesla's robot, and it looked quite impressive. Well, Gordon Johnson, analyst at GLJ Research, was talking on Benziga's pre-market prep about Tesla's underwhelming earnings report. So they did come up. Uh, under the expected earnings and they came out and said that this year will likely be worse than last year so that's not good their stocks probably going down uh, it looks like they're up one percent on the day uh, when asked about the company's recent unveiling of a humanoid robot he said we know it was fake there was a guy out of shot on the video controlling it where are we with humanoids i don't think it's ever coming okay so very uh very speculative he added elon musk comes up with a lot of these products that are years out but he doesn't execute on them. It's not like he promises and delivers late. He doesn't deliver at all, but there's always this carrot that he puts out there. Well, a lot of people felt the Cybertruck was gonna be a carrot and it is here. And uh, how about these um, transport trucks, these electric trucks? How about the, uh, the tunnels? Well, some of them are working. A lot of them have abandoned their, uh, their uh, construction. What's going on? There's a weaker demand for EVs. The key point note from Tesla's results, Johnson said, was that previous reports the company had said it would grow 50% annually, which it removed from the current statement following growth of just 37%. Other key indicators to watch were falling margins and increased taxing rates. Yeah. Demand for internal combustion engine and car is still strong. Demand for cars that people want is still strong. The reason why investors are exiting the EV space is simple. It's because they're not profitable. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of problems coming out about their batteries in the winter. And guess what? Half of America is north. Look at Canada as well. Not as many customers there, but you have it. Um, Entry-level vehicle, market around 25,000. Well, it's not coming out until 25,000. So you're talking about two years, no new models, stale models, low-volume production. So this guy is taking a major dump on Elon. Let's go ahead and shut him down. Thank you all for joining the Sigma Tiger today on Sigma Tiger News. Thank you all my day oneers for coming back. Like, subscribe, share it around. Go ahead, tell everyone that after 10,000 subs, the mask comes off. Reveal the beautiful blue-eyed monster under the mask. TGIF, TGTB,
Tiger signing off.